Hi guys, welcome to Rewind Selector. I'm your host, Brittany Virginia, and in this podcast, we speak all things faith, career, and talking about this walk that we're all on and the struggles, the triumphs that we're going to face and have, and um, just being an adult in this world um, and just really pursuing a career and pursuing Christ with all our hearts. So, this podcast will include biblical topics we'll we'll discuss bible studies we'll discuss biblical matters we'll discuss how our faith really propels us into our destiny and into our journey we'll discuss the importance of holding on to god and we'll have guests on to share their journey and how far they're along and you know that the struggles and the the triumphs that they're faced to just encourage us on our walk so i just encourage you guys to get your water get your tea and i hope you're inclined to hit rewind selector as something really really speaks to you Okay, bye. Okay. Hey guys, welcome back to Rewind Selector. I'm your host, Brittany Virginia. And today I have a very, very special guest. Her name is Herma Herma DeMarc. Yeah, did I say it right? Great. Um, And she's just going to tell us a few um, things about her story and just, just educate her, just educate us in this moment. So without further ado, welcome Herma to the podcast. Virginia, thank you so much for having me. Um, It's a pleasure to to have this conversation (laughs) with you. It's a pleasure to speak with you today. Thank you so much. Okay, so who is Hermer the Mark? If you were to describe yourself, how how would you describe yourself? Okay, I think that's always one of the most difficult questions to answer because there's there's so many angles. I know, yeah. (laughs) Um, but I am a 26, almost 27 year old um, from the Caribbean island of St. Tusha. I grew up in a small village, Canaries, um, and that is the root of a lot of who I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's rooted in my brought up sea in the village of Canaries and yeah. even the way that I, I go after my goals. I think um, that is rooted in just the way I grew up and, and influences that I had um, within the small village. I am a creative. Mm-hmm. Um, I think broadheading, I'm a creative. Yeah, um, I love saying I'm a creator as well. Yeah, that's literally <laughs> my logo. It's like Brittany Virginia, you know, poet, writer, creator, because I'm doing all kinds of things. Yeah, that, nice. And I, I think um, it's suitable because I find that when you are um, when you have the inkling, the creative inkling, you tend to branch out into other things. So yes, you may have started in one um, sector, but you tend right. to branch out. Right, um, exactly. career I am a media personality in, in St. Lucia. So I've done radio. I actually started out in radio. I've done um, television, um, entertainment television. And right now I am in um, journalism reporting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have um, quite a bit of a little bit of experience in each field of, yeah. of um, as well as I am a young budding fashion designer. I used to yeah. say aspiring, but somebody said you should never say aspire. Yes, you have to say exactly. You are a fashion designer right now, exactly. And you've um, created so many pieces, but you can tell us later, sir. Go on. Exactly. Fashion designer, um, and all around. Yeah, just the love of life. I, I like to I tend to appreciate each 
each bit of the journey. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. So how did you uh, get into the industry in the first place? Like, um, so you grew up in, you said, um, canneries. canneries. Yeah. So where did your passion um, spring up from? Um, is that for fashion designing or, or, media? or media? Media. Okay. Um, I guess both of them t- kind of um, ties in. I have always loved stories. So I was a child who, to just get me to settle down, just tell me a story, I'm good. Um, okay. And your big trouble would be yeah. me asking for another one. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I absolutely love stories and I grew up on them. My grandmother telling me folk tales, my cousin would mm, read to me. Yeah. I would I absolutely enjoy it because for me, stories were my way of kind of using my imagination and traveling and experiencing different things. Yeah. all of that happened to leave you know that one spot yeah. um, so I wanted to be able to do that yeah. um and growing up I realized that I had a personality that um was sort of welcoming um so I I was able I guess it was a skill to be honest that I had to to hone in on and develop yeah. um but I'm able to make somebody feel comfortable enough that um, they are able to share their story with me um, and I am able to to lend to that as well. So that was um, what kind of developed my passion for, for media. Um, at first, I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be yeah. able to tell stories. Yeah, because movie. when you started saying, I was like, that's like me. That's exactly why I pursue the writing career because I love stories. I love being transported into another dimension just through the writing or just through, you know, someone telling me this this folktale. And St. Lucian's, oh my gosh, they have these amazing, I don't know if it's just like the older generation, but these amazing folktales and they, they would scare me to death. Like, um, you know what I mean? About the, the thing in the, in the bushes and this and that and this and that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love that. Go on, Sarah. Yeah. So same, same. No, no, quite, um, it's fun to be able to hear your side of it as well. <laughs> uh, yes, writing was initially, initially what I wanted to do. Um, I actually went through a period in my life where um, public speaking was the hardest thing you could have asked me to do. Yeah. And I did it for the first time and it was a written speech that I actually had to read. Um, I got through the first line and I literally ran off the stage crying. Yeah. Yeah. I ran off the stage crying. And I think at that point, the challenge, I realized that I could not have allowed myself to let that fear consume me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I put myself in positions where I started public speaking a lot more. So I tried, um, I made a a concerted effort to try to get over that. Um, That's great. What age was that, sorry? What age was that? When you ran off the stage and then you realized you need to come overcome this fear? Maybe about 13. 13, yeah. I was probably Um, about 12, 13. Yeah, yeah, okay. Secondary school life, I was probably in about three. So yeah, it was about 13 yes Um, and so I started getting involved in the youth movement I started volunteering I remember volunteering with the Canaries Infant School at that time Um, I volunteered with the National Youth Council there were small there were small community groups Um, at the time it was Project Can 
-hmm. I got involved in that as well. And um, just those interactions opened opportunities for me to be able to um, learn to express myself a lot, a lot better, um, understanding, um, and I get to first sharing lessons. Mm. Overcoming that was simply understanding that mistakes were a part of life. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's the fear of making a mistake in front of everybody, the fear of being laughed at mm. is what kind of crippled me in that moment. Mm -hmm. So understanding what it was and understanding how to overcome it, I'm going to make mistakes and that's okay. Yeah. I think that's what got me out of not wanting to do it and actually embracing it. Right. Um, and so I did actually two pageants as a way to kind of get myself out of um, the shell. The shell, yeah. Yeah. And I remember doing an interview for a Carnival Queen that was in the year 20, 2015. Mm-hmm. Was it 2014? 2014. Wait, I can, I, can I just ask though, like, um, um, yeah. What made you at 14 years old or 13 years old realize that I have this fear and I have to overcome this fear and not just realize it, but but actually take action. You know, what was that within yourself that made you take those steps that you, need to, you needed to take? I think it was the disappointment of not being able to go through um, the speech and okay. um, the passion. I knew that there were people counting on me to be able to get that task done. Okay. And okay. Me, in my head, it was simple enough. So the fact that I was unable to to do it, I felt like not only did I disappoint myself, but I disappointed people who were depending on me. Okay. Um, and to me, that was the catalyst to, um, you know, try to do something about it. And I think that was also the start of my journey. Um, mm -hmm. I think there's one point, I don't know if it's the same for everybody, but for me, there was one point in my life where I remember feeling like the person who I am is not the best that I could be. It was okay. this, it was this aha moment. It's like a, mm. a switch went off. That's like, you know, so the interesting to me. Wow. At such a young age. There was that moment. And I, I think also maybe influences people who were around me also who were um, driven mm. um, and seeing the opposite others who were maybe not as, we're just content with living you know, mm. everyday life, which is, I will, I will tell you the village of canneries is one that is, especially in the time that I grew up, mm. it's a very quiet community, um, very caring neighbors. So it's very easy for you to um, be unemployed or to sit at home and for you to live. Right. Cost of living is very low. Um, yes, you know, yeah. your neighbors would be more than happy to assist. Yeah. Um, in certain situations give and take so it's very easy easy to if you do not have goals right um, yeah do not have something that you know set that you want to accomplish mm -hmm. it's very easy for you to lay back and say hey I guess the fact that I had goals there are things that I wanted to accomplish um that also helped me in trying to get over those fears Wow. Um, okay. Get over those insecurities That's as well. Yeah. So, when you were entering the pageants, um, like, did you know 
like did you know in yourself you're like oh yeah i'm beautiful so i can go and and, and enter this pageant because like that's another thing that would kind of hinder someone from going because there's a certain um way you have to look you know what i mean there's there's just that that thing that's in 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 life um how did you know that no i'm gonna go and i'm gonna pursue this no matter what um well, with the pageants and the opportunities to join them, the first one I did was Miss Independence. And um, it was somebody who actually came to me and said, you know, I think you should do this pageant. Um, and for me, it wasn't because at that time, I felt like pageants were just very, um, you know, vain beauty contests. Mm -hmm. And from that perspective, I was not, I wasn't sold. So mm -hmm. I, was I was hesitant until she really explained to me um, and Going through the pageant, I discovered that it provides a lot more. So mm -hmm. it is really a stage for self-development. So yeah, to a certain extent, there's the beauty aspect, but there's also learning to um, kind of polish and create a self-image for yourself. Um, there's also the elocution part. There's also, um, and in preparing for a pageant, you literally have somebody watching you and picking apart your flaws telling mm. you what telling you what you need to fix mm. and so the things that you may not understand that you have a problem with mm. um you have somebody saying to you you know you have a problem with this and you need to you need to fix it yeah and if you are open-minded enough and again if you understand that mistakes are a part of life and somebody pointing out your mistakes with no ill will really is an opportunity for development yeah and so that is the approach that i took okay when when entering the pageant i think i i took the opportunity to just learn as much as i could mm. um along the way and it was i think those two pageants really did help me um with my public speaking and boosting my confidence mm -hmm. and again understanding that you know in every journey um sometimes you think mm. the destination like you understand what the goal is or what the takeaway is right. for example for a pageant you want to win right yeah but i didn't win any of the the pageants that i i joined so the first one i was first runner mm -hmm. and the second one i think i was third runner mm -hmm. but the lessons that i took away from those platforms were way bigger and the opportunity that arose from those platforms were way bigger than I think possibly if I were to win the pageant. Mm -hmm. So it complemented my own journey in a way that I did not understand. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so that's amazing. I think from that, what I learned, and I guess um, I've gotten to a point where going through certain aspects in my life. At some point I stop and I I try to figure out what the lesson was there because I figure, you know, there's always a lesson. There's always a lesson, yeah. Yeah. Always yeah. You can't be going through life and situations and not learning any, anything from what you've been through. And especially about yourself as well. Sometimes we think, Oh yeah, I'm perfect. I have all these these together. But actually, no, you have a lot of things that yeah, it needs to go on the yeah, constructions, right? Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> so true and i think just to add to that um the more you learn i feel like the more there is to learn so yeah. there's never the point where you get wow. to the point where you get to saying yes okay that's mm -hmm. it right you know I'm perfect there's always 
you could yeah. always there's always something to do there's always sure. yeah that's so true mm-hmm. so um you went to your pageants around what you were like 14 15 that's- um around pageants i did the first one i believe at 17 oh okay you were much older okay yeah 17 and i think i was 19 okay 18 and 19 because they were they were a year, a year apart so 18 and 19 okay and then could yeah. you finish you um secondary at this point right at 18 yeah, so secondary i left i went to cashier's company yeah um and i left at 15 oh, okay mm-hmm. oh wow 15 okay so at 17 yeah all right so is that when when was the moment that you because when you were younger you said you know you had a personality that was warm and approachable and welcome people in and also you were interested in storytelling so I guess fashion is part of that storytelling um journey as well but when did you like decide like I'm gonna pursue this career you went into because I think you, you said it started in radio first right before your actual fashion career you started actually doing anything with your 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 fashion your passion for fashion the passion for fashion actually um that stemmed from secondary school okay it started with me just sitting and sketching clothing ideas that i had um my friends discovering that you know i had the ability and asking to see more yeah Um, I remember it was, an, unfortunately, I'd already selected my subjects for, for secondary school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did not actually do clothing and textiles. Um, I did visual arts, but it was visual arts craft. Mm. Um, and so it was the, the craft aspect of it, I guess, that honed in the creative aspect. Yeah. Um, I remember the clothing and textiles teacher seeing my sketches and telling me, but you should really take up clothing and textiles. She actually wanted me to drop um, agriculture at the time, yeah. um, but I was willing to do it. Um, and so a day like today, if I were to go back, maybe I would have done it. Yeah, um, yeah. But no, I, I just always wanted, I remember telling my mom, you know, I want to be a fashion designer. And she, say, she was saying, you know, St. Lucia's um, creative industry um not developed enough right. so that um and she i remember saying you know this is something you can accomplish on a side but you need to have a backup plan yeah um okay. you need to have something and i think for a long time i kind of just sat on on i was a little intimidated about wanting to be a fashion designer yeah and okay. back to it it always just found itself so my first job actually I taught at the Canary's Infant School for about three months, a little more than three months, maybe about three to six months. Um, and I remember my first salary, first paycheck, <laughs> I got a sewing machine without knowing how to use it. To use it, yeah. Um, I had no clue how to sew. Absolutely <laughs> no clue. And I remember receiving the machine and my brother, my older brother, and I, we sat down with some, excuse me, <clears throat> with some of his like all the clothing mm-hmm. and trying to understand how that sewing machine worked. Yeah. Um, and from there, I watched some videos. I experimented. Again, I made a lot of mistakes. Yes, I went yeah. from my mistakes. And I got to the point where I was just saying to a friend of mine recently, I got to the point where I don't remember when I learned to sew properly. Mm. 
Um, and I wanted to ask at this time when you bought your your first um, sewing machine, how old were you at this time? Because you're working in a, in a primary school, right? Yes. So yeah. I was in primary school. I was actually Cami's infant. Um, that was that coincided with one of my pageants. So maybe I was I was 19 at the time. Okay. All right. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. And then at this time you weren't you weren't thinking about entering communications yet um well the actually i remember the first time that i um i had to send out job applications <laughs> yeah um, one of my job applications i remember sending a job application to each of the the media houses mm -hmm. and getting responses saying that you know they're not looking for anybody mm -hmm. um you know they're not taking applications at this time yeah um so yes the thought was there but i had absolutely no idea how i would have gotten yeah. into it yeah um i remember even sending in the application and not necessarily um it being on a like for an on a job because i had no yeah. experience yeah um i figured you know just being i i remember my thought process what would i like what would i enjoy doing right um I figured, you know, being a receptionist, I would be able to lend to um, that or get actually a foot into and maybe get to learn. Yeah. But the, um, I, got, I guess the responses from every single one of them seeing the not necessarily looking for people at the time, it kind of put that thought on the back burner. Mm -hmm. But yeah, fashion designing, learning to sew. Um, I think it all just got, <clears throat> so this is where the two of them crossed. Right. After my pageant, I was a teacher at the time. Right. Um, I remember my contract for teaching ended and I started working for, um, you know, these, it was a, a call center at the time. Mm -hmm. I spent six months at the call center and during the pageant, um, I said so many times, I, I, my goal is going into journalism and fashion designing. My mm. goal is every single interview I did for that pageant. I remember having a moment where I went, this job is not lending to any of these goals. Yeah. And it was such a demanding job that you were unable to kind of do both. Yeah. yeah. So I remember having a conversation with my mom and telling her, you know what, this job is not serving me. It's not serving the person that I want to be. And I left the job, not yeah. knowing what I was going to do. Yeah. Left the job. I stayed home for about three months, again, sending out applications. Um, and all, all of a sudden, there was one job that I did not apply for at all. Um, and I got a call from mm -hmm. this lady um, telling me that she got, um, she, they remembered me from the pageant. Mm. Um, and also they had called the National Youth Council asking for, um, you know, promising young people because they were starting a radio station. Mm. Um, and I was one of, I believe, three people who were recommended for the interview. Um, so I went to the interview on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. I remember meeting the regional managers on Thursday. And on a Thursday, they're like, okay, great, you got the job. So you start tomorrow. Wow. 
<laughs> and it was like a oh my goodness moment and then I realized I have no clue what I was doing so yeah mm-hmm. well that comes yeah I had absolutely no experience in radio and my co-host was a PhD um older gentleman and at the, the time I felt like he knew everything so but my first two weeks on radio were absolutely terrible mm-hmm. um, so if you're thinking of pitfalls yeah I was horrible. oh yeah we can talk about it later oh I'm so excited to hear <laughs> horrible my first two weeks on radio and I remember going home every day crying I'm like I cannot do this job what like what did I get myself into Aww. um until I got to the point where I and I did not have to know everything again it was a little yep. process Mm-hmm. Again, it was a learning process and so I embraced the fact that I did not know and yeah. so I started to learn so I did research I got to a point where um you know I basically was a student for three months until a point where I got so comfortable that I learned more than I had to so I learned yeah. the production aspect of it I learned a little bit in programming and for me I embraced every time somebody said, okay, you're not doing this right. Mm. This is what you're supposed to do. This mm-hmm. is not how the word is pronounced. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to say that on the radio. This mm-hmm. is how you control the board. Um, you know, so these pitfalls, understanding where my pitfalls were and getting to a point where I, I kind of gained a, a bit of a hunger for the mm-hmm. knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, again that was overcoming the pitfalls and understanding um you know you can just learn just about anything on the internet yeah information is there if you look for it yeah yeah so that was my entry okay into into media that's really great at that point designing actually took a back burner because i was learning i was trying to learn and understand you know media yeah exactly yeah okay that makes me think of um, two things. One is that even in this industry that I'm I'm in right now, the the thing that I'm hearing is, you no one really knows until you get into the job and you just got you do it. And even my mom, she's she works in she she works more in corporate corporate world and like like she didn't know what she was doing when she just got into it but she was like you just have to wiggle your way in and just work hard and like just receive the criticism as well that what you know that you're getting so you can better yourself but I have a question for you along the lines of that because you mentioned that like twice now or three times about when people mention your pitfalls or they mention the things that you're not good at and how to better them what is the difference between someone correcting you and guiding you out of love and out of like a passion to see you grow to someone just like pushing you down and just like criticizing you because just because they want to keep you down basically how do you recognize the two um it's just understanding it and it doesn't for me it doesn't matter whether somebody is doing it out of malice or Mm. whether they're doing it out of love it's the way that you respond to it and the way that you receive it. Okay. Um, during my journey, it wasn't always, you know, I'm doing this because I care about you. A lot mm-hmm. of it was, she is a child. I don't know why we have her on radio and she should be fired. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the, okay. difference, the difference that matters mm. is 
your attitude towards it and the way that you re you receive it. Um, and to somebody, and also I've had situations where I thought people were doing things out of love. So maybe they would come to me and say, hey, um, you know, you're not doing this right. You know, in different situations, they were also the ones saying that they think that I should not be in the job. Mm. And so understanding, again, the, the takeaway from it should be, you shouldn't take things personally. Mm. And so That's good. Saying, if somebody is saying something to you, yeah. um, for example, I don't think that you're doing this in a way. There yeah. are times where okay you know um you have a problem with this what is it do you think i should change right and i guess the point where you understand whether this is something that you should take note of or not is whether or not they can give you a response to that answer right yeah okay. so somebody is, that's is, really really good wow dropping gems for us yes <laughs> that's just what i've learned because i've gotten to a point where people come to me and they would say you know i have a problem with um the way you're doing this and i would ask what is it that you want me to change yeah and if you cannot point out to me what it is that you want me to change either the problem is with you mm -hmm. or you know something needs to happen um yeah. but i think even though somebody approaches me in a way in a manner that i do not appreciate right um i would still sit down and reflect and try to find whether there is credibility in it mm -hmm. so not taking i totally get that yeah and not taking things too personally and understanding sometimes people will have their own motives for doing things mm -hmm. so you think about you in the situation you don't allow what they're saying necessarily to affect your character mm -hmm affect you yeah it can't affect you yeah definitely i think you have definitely have to have a strong kind of confidence in an inner confidence about you because people are going to come negatively positively and you can't be phased by both of them either because you have to be you have to have a constant like reminder of who you are and like yeah you need to have a good grounding and another thing that you when you were talking i know you noticed that you mentioned your mother a lot which is great and I think especially in in the world, but actually in our industry, I, I really think having a, a safe place to go to, to run to is so important. And people who just encourage you, like even I was thinking yesterday, my parents, you know, they don't know nothing about, you know, the creative industry or whatever. And the fact that I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a writer. Like, I'm so grateful that they just, you know, was like, okay, whatever you want to do, let's just do it. And they just, you know, per, just helped me to just pursue my career. And I was thinking yesterday, my mom literally would jump off a cliff with me. If I was like, yeah, I'm going this way. She'd be like, let's go, you know, like, let's go. And I think we definitely need that. And if you don't have that, guys, I definitely think find that um, in your life and it will come in, into your life. We don't have it right now. But that's beautiful that you were just saying, Herma. Thank you so much for that. This is so great. Guys, you are going to definitely have to say rewind selector because she is just dropping some gems. Um, so now that you've been in the industry, can you tell us about what the process has been like? You, you mentioned it a couple in a few moments about, you know, people coming to you negatively and positively as well. The things that you've had to learn and grow in. Um, but how has the process been? 
just give us an insider view of pursuing a media career. Okay, um, I think for me, boy, that that question is is an interesting one. Being in the, the media industry in St. Lucia is wonderful. For me, entering at such a young age, it took a, a lot of time for people to to take me seriously. Mm. So at first, they would see a pretty face, mm. and then they would understand, okay, she's 19, 19, she can't possibly be, you know, there can't possibly be much to her mm. until they got to the point where maybe they listened to me on radio mm-hmm. and figured, okay, you know, maybe she, yeah, she, maybe she makes a little bit of sense. Um, so it went from that. And I think constantly having, being a woman and being a young woman at that in, in media, it got to a point of me having to constantly be proving my worth. Wow. And my abilities. Um, mm. And to, as I think I got to a point where people understood that I have potential. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that I am the best at everything. Right, exactly. Yeah. My willingness to learn and grow is what has propelled me into the other sectors mm-hmm. of media. Mm-hmm. Um, having a positive attitude towards everything I do um, and not get falling into the trap of feeling like I know everything. Right, right. Yes. So I remember when I started doing television, of Choice TV, I did television and radio mm-hmm. um, simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And I remember having to learn television all over again because it was a new, it was a new process for me. Mm-hmm. And then getting into journalism and having to start from scratch mm-hmm. again. Um, you know, there are fundamentals that you would have, mm-hmm. but each of them, it's its own learning process and being patient with myself. Mm-hmm. and understanding that I have a learning curve. So when I start something new, I need at least three months to be bad at it before yes. I start. Yes, exactly, yes. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, just understanding my process within mm-hmm. all of it um, and always being willing to attain new information. Yeah. Of keeping a positive attitude is what's propelled me throughout the, the media industry and I think that's what that's so good I, yeah definitely mm-hmm. I, I definitely agree definitely keeping a positive attitude is so important it's so important um I just want to say this before we actually continue I didn't mention it before the interview but I remember thinking when I just saw you on um solution news online and you were interviewing Johnny and and the other guy <laughs> the president of the National Youth Council of St. Lucia I was like, oh, I can make a story about like this girl can inspire a story for me, like in in the sense of having a young person in in, you know, on the news and just like just talking about that journey, especially being um, in St. Lucia. And I was like, I definitely want to do that one day. I don't know when it will happen, how it will happen. But literally, that's what I thought when I first saw you. And I think that's what kept me like looking at you and coming back. And I just want to mention this right now, guys, that, you know, you might not know what you're doing in a, se- in a season. You might feel fatigued and anxious and overwhelmed at times, but people are watching you. People are 
watching you and I've been inspired by you. So continue on, Herma. Continue on on your journey and you guys as well, whoever's listening to this, be inspired. I mean, sorry, just continue on the journey and be encouraged to know that people are watching you, okay? Um, and you're 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 on the right track. So yeah, I just wanted to say that. And I don't know if you want to be the actor as well. You can be the actor in my show. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so what keeps you motivated? I think you touched on it a bit. What keeps you motivated despite the, despite the odds that you face? That's a really good one. What keeps me motivated is um, understanding. Um, for me, I don't know what my my part, what my my reason is, specifically mm. like, my purpose is. Um, but what keeps me motivated is knowing that. I'm contributing to the lives of other people. Mm-hmm. That lesson from radio. Um, I remember the just creating a connection with with just listeners. Mm. Um, you know, maybe not being in my mood to be bubbly and spirited, yeah. and you know, coming on the radio and just being cheerful, but getting there and having a message maybe waiting on the WhatsApp platform or WhatsApp platform already saying good morning, Homer, um, or meeting somebody and having them tell you that you make their day every yes. morning. Yes. So just being able to contribute to other people's lives, I think is, is one of the things that, that keeps me going. Yeah. That keeps me motivated. And I feel like I've also to a point where I understand that I'm happier mm. when I'm pouring somebody else's cup yeah contributing positively to somebody else's life and it's not necessarily you know doing something physically but yeah you know them hearing an encouraging word from you yeah. just you know sharing a smile yeah. or being able to inform them or being a part of their daily routine mm-hmm. um sometimes i need to just remind myself it's not about how you're feeling in the moment just get over it, put yeah. on a smile, just have your, your attitude change. Yeah, exactly. Along the lines of that, how do you also find time to um, to rest and kind of rejuvenate, you know? <laughs> uh, because it's really important as well, especially because it's just, it's, it's pressure. You know what I mean? Life is pressure. This industry is pressure. So how do you make sure that, you know, you you take time out, you know, to just get back? Up until a few weeks, very interesting that you asked that. Up until a few weeks ago, mm. girl, I was struggling. Oh, wow. Oh, no. It's been a struggle because for me, it wasn't just balancing my um, my work life, my media life, and right. my fashion designing, but it was that on top of ensuring that the house stays clean all the yeah. time ensuring that I cook and ensuring that I feed myself every yeah. day and feeling that I'm you know keeping a, a healthy routine trying yeah. to execute until I spoke to I actually had an interview with um a nurse she's in um mental health care okay. and it was world mental health day right um, recently and she said you need to prioritize yeah a couple of things that you want to excel at yeah that you want to give your all and the other things should be just mediocre so yeah clean the house mm. but it doesn't necessarily have to be 
like yeah. so clean so clean yeah it doesn't have to be speak and span exactly yeah. exactly who says you have to cook three meals a day buy food if you have to. <laughs> exactly and, and that, that is what she said and i was like boy that makes so much sense yeah and so since then i've prioritized getting better um in you know my media as the media aspect of my life right i prioritized um, you know, my fashion designing and working on a collection. I've prioritized developing, you know, and keeping my personal relationships with family and friends. Exactly. You know, just people, especially in this COVID time, you just never know what people are going through. And, True. Yeah. and everything else, I'm just like, yeah, I'll do it when I have the time. Yeah, when you have the time, exactly. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. It's been a struggle, but mm -hmm. I'm learning to prioritize things yeah. and just you know, let the others be. Yeah, yeah, you definitely have to. And meal prep as well. I don't know if you know about meal prep, but that's really helpful. I know you live in a hotter climate than me, but, you know, like maybe just three days, you know, prep, you know, just so you don't have to worry about cooking every single day. And mm -hmm. I know for me as, you know, because I have a disability as well, there are things that, so I can cook and I can clean, but I have to manage when I'm going to do certain things and also working on at the same time, especially traveling. So my job, especially the job I'm going to start very soon, that's like, you know, an hour and a half away from me by bus, you know, by train, it might be 45 minutes or 50 minutes. So it's just a long commute and I have to do this every single day. So I have to manage making sure that Brittany, you're resting and you're making time to exercise because you have to better your legs, you know, do all these kind of other things, but you have to just make sure that you take time to rest because it's, I can't be functional if I'm not, I'm not, I can't be functional to people or myself. So yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Um, so yeah, how do you overcome if you've, if you, if you have ever have had to procrastination, self-doubt, or imposter syndrome or um even comparison like if there's one of those things that you really had to struggle with like let us know how did you overcome that procrastination was a big one for me and i remember um similarly um like you i guess you discovered my my instagram page there's um this young lady that i followed and i was just so impressed by her journey um, and she was doing a live recently. Mm -hmm. So she's kind of like a life coach. Okay. And she said, um, and I asked a question under one of her lives, how do you overcome procrastination? How does one overcome procrastination? Mm -hmm. And she dropped a gem that I still use. Mm -hmm. I still, tell me, tell me, girl, I need it. I need it. <laughs> you know how much, wait, 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 Herma, do you know how much interviews I have saved on my computer and it's not being released? I'm just like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm hoping this one works for you. Um, she said to me, procrastination is a form of um, self-disrespect or a, a lack of self-worth. Mm. Because if, um, if you respect yourself, Mm -hmm. um and if you love yourself mm -hmm. you would not be putting back what is good for you, mm -hmm. and yeah. you would not be, um you would basically not be depriving yourself of 
the the things that you need to do to grow right mm -hmm. and at that point i was like wow wow yeah yes. at that point i think that's what i i think about um every time i'm about to not do something i'm like i owe it to myself to to do it right exactly another thing that helps me with procrastination is keeping myself accountable mm -hmm. so i recently posted uh, a youtube page mm -hmm. oh yes yes i saw that being able to put things out there and say that I'm going to do something yeah. helps me actually try to get it done. Yeah. And for me, I feel like within my job where somebody else is paying me or when clients pay me to make them a pair of earrings or to make them something, I keep that commitment. Right. Exactly. Point them. That's true. That is so true. If you tell me to do something, I'm like, okay, I have to do it, you know? Um, so if I can do it for other people, why not do it for myself? I know that's so that's interesting. Mm, I have to ask myself that. I actually thought as well that part of procrastination for me, at least, um, has to do with also comparison. You know, so you're seeing others. So if we take my podcast, for example, you're seeing so many other amazing podcasters and hosts and, you know, different personalities that are just so fun so i'm just like oh i'm just britney you know what i mean um so it's kind of like pushing past that that you're speaking about sorry and that's the imposter syndrome that you that you're speaking about no yeah yeah that's the imposter syndrome yeah i think the way to get over that is um you're thinking maybe what if i'm not good enough you need right. to start doing you need to start doing it for you. You need right. to start doing it for yourself. So don't necessarily think about the viewers. Don't necessarily think about, um, you know, the likes and what if people do not like it. You're putting something out there for you. Mm -hmm. And um, so much so that you, you just said it. There are people watching you and you may not know it. You may oh, be yeah? touching <laughs> you may be touching <laughs> she rolls her eyes like oh yeah you may be touching one life and sometimes that one life is all it takes yeah it's so it's true all. yeah sometimes that one life is all it takes yeah yeah i need to start yes i need to start i know i know <laughs> thank you the way you got me that's so good um, and then also being a creative as well um being disciplined and having um having a certain structure and having specific goals is so vital and important like you mentioned earlier like um, when you were younger like having the goals so you don't get comfortable in your hometown you know what i mean how do you get disciplined how do you you know start making those goals and um start having that specific structure for your life uh, that's one thing. I write them down. I I love stationery. I'm a suck of a stationery. I don't know if you can see these. Yes, I saw your collection. It's wonderful, honestly. None of them are written in. Like they're just oh, wow. there. They're just there. They're just there for show. Oh no, not for show. They're just waiting. I I love stationery, so I collect. I see a pretty book. I will collect it and I'll just keep it for like when I need them. Yes. But the ones I'm using are not filled as yet. But I just 
I cannot see a good book and not go, oh, okay. I need to get it. Yeah. So, but I, I write things down. Yeah. And I make an effort um, maybe every week to go through it and see what I've not done. Um, and it takes a lot of discipline to actually stick to it again. Yeah, it um, does, yeah. Sometimes it takes just the practicality of doing things over and over. It takes 21 days to create a habit. Mm -hmm. And some, I don't know how much more, but this, they say if you do it a little longer, I think three months to create um, a lifestyle, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So just making the point of choosing to do it every day until it becomes a part of you. Yeah, that's very true. Mm -hmm as well and another thing i found helpful as well with keeping accountable is having other people keep you accountable so if you let people in <laughs> i remember my mentor um told me she was like she worked in the bbc and she was like Brittany, i want you to for this whole week i want you to tell me each hour of the day what you did throughout the the, the week <laughs> and that was so scary because you realize like i'm like oh no i don't need to see you know what i mean i don't need to see the things i've been up to but i had to and i told her and i was honest and like because i had to kind of give her my schedule i ended up having i ended up being more productive you know because i had to give it to her so that's another thing as well if you don't have a mentor like me you can get someone that you trust or look up to to be like hey this is my schedule for today or this month i want to get these things done keep me accountable did i get it done kind of thing like that i think that'll be really great as well um this is so great let me know how you're feeling you're good you're good yeah, yeah I'm, enjoying this. I'm enjoying this it's a good conversation <laughs> brilliant all right then so how would you encourage young people who want to enter into the industry whether that be fashion media the arts basically pursue their goals and their their visions especially being in St. Lucia a small island that you know like your mom said the creative industry is not as well established they're still growing so how would you encourage them so do it so just do it I think we're in an age where um you know when my mom started out media was basically unattainable there are few people who who did it and the people who were there were there until and it was just maybe radio until television came along but we're in an age where everybody has a platform several platforms to choose from and it really is a matter of selecting your platform and doing what you want to do so if you want to be in media um and maybe radio is your start start a podcast <laughs> yes <laughs> definitely yeah um use youtube channel create a space on your facebook or your instagram where you can share what it is that you want to share yeah. um if if it's fashion designing start learning the skill yeah um it does not necessarily have to be i i think we we really do live in an age where it takes a click it takes it a does key. that's so true you know instagram has reels you have tiktok you have what else do you have you have snapchat not really but like you have you know youtube what else there is there's so many platforms so many platforms and do not expect yourself to be wonderful at it from the get <laughs> yeah <laughs> it really really is a process and it it's is. everything you do it's a process so as long as you have the willingness to learn you have yes. the dedication to, to keep at it 
Yeah. I don't think that there, there are many things that aren't attainable if you, you put your mind to it. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Thank you. Um, so what's, who is your greatest inspiration, if you want to um, tell us, and why? Um, that's a good question. I don't think I have one set um, person who is an inspiration to me. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who have influenced my life right um and i take little lessons from a lot of a lot of people in a lot of places i was raised by prayer warriors and i oh, amazing, I, yeah. I smile every time i see that because i i was surrounded by strong women um i have an aunt that i'm named after whom uh, my grandmother who passed recently this year um my mom just strong women who basically I saw them strive and excel. Um, I guess at the, the interestingly enough, the point where I grew up, my my grandfather had already passed. So my mm-hmm. grandmother was kind of the matriarch. She was yeah. head of the household and everybody from my mom down listened to her. Mm-hmm. Um my aunt also um lost her husband at some point. Um, so a lot of my life growing up, she remarried, but a lot of my life growing up, she was woman. She was the one who did it. And of yeah. course my dad also um, has some sort of influence in my life, but I was raised by strong women. Yes, who yeah. Women. yeah. Um, so that for me always kept me going. All these, um, I always had the sense of security that even though I got up in the morning and maybe my ungrateful behind forgot to, to say thank you, mm-hmm. there, was somebody, there was somebody who said thank you for me. Yeah. And who said, you know, forgive her because, yeah. you know, yeah. maybe she did not realize <laughs> at that point that she had to say it. But I was raised by her. And that for me is a big source of my inspiration. Oh, and amazing. In addition to that, um, just outside of my my circle, um, there are people like India Ari and oh Nima yes, Sina, yeah, Maya Angelou, mm. who, um, whose stories are just amazing. Mm. Who love gems in yes. their work, and you want to be able to influence people in in that way. There are yeah. people. Um, that I, I watch and listen to like Trevor Noah, mm-hmm. who, um, for me, Trevor Noah- My mom loves up. him. I'm not a fan yet. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, he's, he's a bit, you know, he's a bit like, I, I feel his arrogance and I, I can't, I can't, I can't deal. I can't deal with it. That, for me, I don't know if it's, it's <laughs> arrogance. For me with Trevor Noah, it's self-assurity. He knows okay. where he came from. Um, he knows where he came from and he knows who he is. Okay. And that's a good perspective. Old. Yeah, that's how I see it. But one of the things that I absolutely love mm. about Trevor Moore is in every um space that I've watched him where he's interacting with somebody. Trevor Noah knows how to disagree with somebody without making it aggressive. Right. Without it being an argument. Okay. And that yeah. is a skill that I would like to learn. Right, yeah. Yeah, just being able to take somebody's point and show them your point of view mm-hmm. without it becoming 
a conflict. I absolutely yeah. love that. And I think he's a great storyteller too. You know, yeah. if you just watch, um, you know, his stand-ups, he's funny, mm-hmm. but really it's storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I love that about him. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple of other people, um, people like Peter McKinnon, who is a, a YouTuber, Casey Neistat, who I, in my um, opinion, are really good storytellers as mm-hmm. well. They're really good at, at getting a message out there. They're really good at their crafts. Mm-hmm. So I tend to take a little bit from just everywhere. Zoe Hong, who is, um, she's a fashion designer, illustrator, mm-hmm. um, and she teaches a lot um, on her YouTube channel. And I love the way she can, um, you know, just take a lesson and, and put it out there right. and not be, she doesn't take herself too seriously. And she, she tells you not to take yourself too seriously. So I tend to take a little bit from like everywhere, basically. That's really good. Yeah, that's really great. So you mentioned your pitfalls to us about um that three months was it three months or three weeks yeah it was three months you didn't know anything and you just had to go on that journey to learn (laughs) even though people like yeah you're too young blah blah um all this stuff so tell us about um your favorite fashion design that you've created if it's in the past or if it's now if you have two main ones that you're like really really love and tell us why you love them Okay, so I'm currently creating a personal collection. I feel like I'm getting older mm-hmm. and my clothes does not necessarily tell the story that I would like to, to put out there. Okay, so okay. Currently, I am creating a personal collection and I have one of the pieces that's already sold. It's not done completely, but I guess I could probably give you a sneak. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> I am enjoying that process right away very much, but yeah, you go. Yeah. All right. So I'm just turning this around. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, so far one of my favorite pieces, it's un, it's unfinished, but it's kind of like a very like professional. Is it jacket? Yeah. It's it's a jacket. Okay. Yeah, it's a cape jacket. Oh, I'm not that. done with it, but so far this is is becoming one of my favorite pieces just because of I think for me the story it tells. So oh, yeah. in the collection, I'm trying to be, I'm trying for it to be very comfortable mm. but look professional. Yeah. And so that is what I am going for. So so far. That's one wow, of my that's favorite. great. Yeah, definitely wear that. That looks great. Um, cool. So mm-hmm. what is your favorite song? Okay. And and what would be your favorite meal to have with that song? So if you were if you were on a beach somewhere or like somewhere that you really enjoy and you were listening to this song, what food would you have to have with this song? Okay, so favorite song of all time always gets me out of like every time like I'm down, it would probably have to be video or beautiful flower by India Ari. Okay. All right. I have to listen to those. Um video is more upbeat and I'm not the average girl from the video. Uh, so you kind of Oh yes, I know video. I know it. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, with video, I think I will probably be eating like a fruit cup, like fruit salad. Oh yeah. I absolutely love fruit. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's probably what that would be. Um, I also, um, beautiful flowers, more of a self-assurance type of song. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you should listen to it. I think you'd actually like it. Okay. Um, it actually, that song would help with with imposter syndrome. Oh, you think? Okay. Okay, cool. Um, with that, I would probably go for comfort food, maybe yogurt, chocolates. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Oh, well done. Thank you so much. Oh, this was so amazing. I was noticing the reason. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on and just being so open. Ah, it was great. Do you have any last words for us? before we um, I just want to say thank you so much for the opportunity it really was fun um you need to you need to edit and put out the interviews you definitely need to do that okay um, yeah um, once a month and say Brittany was the podcast <laughs> oh my gosh okay <laughs> but for the listeners I want to just I I think the one thing that I would leave with you is sometimes and this is a lesson that I think I've learned and in a moment you would not know why and you may feel disappointed um and you know you're probably feeling bad and if you're you're probably trying to give up but for me there's always I've always found that there's a reason and there is something better is because that is not a part of your journey or maybe not yet mm-hmm. Or maybe you just need to wait for it. But mm-hmm. you know the saying, when one door closes, another one opens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, it it has always been true. Yeah. It's and that door closes because, you know, that's the end of that that process for you. That's yeah. the end of that journey for you. It's yeah. because there's something better. There's something better. Exactly. Yeah. So you need to wait on it and you need to just pray on it and just be comfortable enough in who you are and in what the universe has in store for you to know that yeah just don't worry about it it's mm-hmm. going to it's, yeah it's, and I think also it has a lot to do with your mindset so mm-hmm. if you want something put it out in the into the universe with everything that you have and if and that is for those of uh, those people who who believe in you know that universal energy but mm-hmm. um pray sis pray <laughs> as hard as you can and, and keep it and put it in your hands yeah because he listen and amen. if it's a part of your journey and if you have it he'll come through amen he'll, he will yeah, he will, so, he will. um that's great. Thank you so much. Um, I was just wondering, can I can I pray for you? Are you are you happy for me to pray for you? Um, sure. Okay. Brilliant. All right. So, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for this time, God. We thank you for who you are, and we thank you for your grace and your love and your mercy. We thank you for who you are and who you always be, Lord Jesus. I thank you that you saved us and just rescued us by your love, Lord. 
And I just pray for Herma right now. Thank you so much for her life and that she agreed to come on to this podcast and just to share her wisdom with us, Lord Jesus. I just pray, Father God, that you continue to strengthen her, continue to encourage her on on in this journey, Lord Jesus. And I pray that she can know you as close as a brother, that she may know that you love her deeply, Father God, and that she may know that you desire her heart, her whole heart. So Lord, I pray for her career as well, that she will continue to prosper in Jesus' name and she will be a light, Father God, in this dark world as well lord i pray that you give her assurance of your presence of who you are of your character lord jesus and i pray that she holds on to you with every beam every every fiber in her body father god i thank you lord and i bless your holy name we pray for a blessing for her house um her career if she has a car whatever whatever position that she has i just pray for a blessing for it right now that you will sustain it in jesus name and continue to provide for her and get her to the goal that she needs to to go to as well i pray for more customers as well to come you know for her fashion and her clothing father god and i pray lord that your will be done in her life in jesus name we pray amen amen thank you that was beautiful you're welcome no worries thank you so much for coming okay guys thank you so much for listening i'm so excited for our next guest to come on and um, i'll see you on on the next podcast bye